Hi, this is Kelsey Cooper, and I'm the host for Disabled Birth Stories podcast. I hope those in the disabled community can enjoy these stories of bringing beautiful babies into the world and the journey along the way. I hope this podcast helps you feel seen, heard, empowered, and capable, no matter your journey to being a parent. I hope those who are able-bodied would listen to empathize with and support their disabled family member, friend, acquaintance, or random stranger. Thank you for listening and feel free to email me if you have any questions or would like to be featured on the podcast at disabledbirthstories at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us today. After listening to this episode, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please also check the description for our social media links and the link to our merch store. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. Please consult your medical providers for all of your healthcare needs. Also, the views and opinions expressed by the guests are not necessarily the views and opinions of the host and vice versa. Hi, I'm Kelsey Cooper. I'm your host for Disabled Birth Stories, and I'm here with Jessica, and she's going to tell us her stories today. Jessica, can you start by introducing yourself? Hi, my name's Jessica Taylor-Behrman, and I am a mum of two. I've been disabled since I was a teenager. And can you tell us a little bit about your disability and how it affects you? Yeah, so I basically got really ill with a virus when I was 15 years old and I um, became very severely ill very quickly. I suffer with the, the disease uh, myalgic encephalomyelitis, which is also, I think in the States, known as chronic fatigue syndrome. But my sort of um, level of disability was very high, so I was completely burnt bound for 12 years. I couldn't sit up. I was fed through a tube for like two years. I couldn't speak and I was hospitalized as a 15 year old all the way till three months before I was 20. So over the time, I'm now 32 and I've sort of plateaued a bit. So I, I, I got a bit better and then I've just stayed at this sort of level for the past few years now. And once the disability happened from the illness, was there any talk medically about your reproduction and becoming pregnant if that would be affected and how that would be affected? Yeah so basically where I had spent so long bed bound I actually lost all the bone density in my body so my bones were that of an old person and the concern at first was the fact that a the severity of my disability but also the fact that if I was pregnant then my pelvis would break or my spine would not be able to support that weight. So over time, as I was doing um, physio and sort of trying to learn to weight bear again, I started to actually get my bones became stronger again. Not, I still have osteoporosis, but they're not quite as weak as they used to be. Because I mean, when the weakness I had was like, I gave my dad a hug and I broke my rib. Like it was quite severe. But then it became the sort of how I was affected by them the myalgic encephalomyelitis. So I was in severe pain a lot of the time. I couldn't sit up for very long. I used a wheelchair. But at the time that I actually, I met my husband back in 2015, I think. And I became very unwell with something and was hospitalized. And in a way, it was like a baptism of fire because we just ended up going into the thick of it and then being together and 
stayed together ever since, really. So when I was actually found out I was pregnant with my daughter, I was actually house mainly housebound. I barely went out. The only time I'd be going out was for hospital appointments because my ME caused such fatigue that I just didn't have the energy to do it. But when I was pregnant, I actually felt a lot, I had a lot more energy and the pregnancy hormone made my body sort of correct for a little bit before it went back down after I had her. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, that's pretty much how it affects me. And yeah, I think it was, there were concerns as I say, but I didn't really let it into my mind that I could be a mum because I just didn't, I wanted it so much, but the idea of doing it and then not being well enough to look after my child was like something I really found hard to grapple with. And so becoming pregnant, was there, did you go to like a regular OB or a midwife or how does it work there? And according to your disability, did that affect anything as well? So as I'm in the UK, we have the NHS. And so I was under a midwife who sort of looked after me from the start, but I was also under an obstetrician um, who pretty much was with me the whole journey. So, so yeah, so I would see him. Firstly, it was like every month, but it became, unfortunately, I had difficulties with movement. My daughter wouldn't really move when, so I could never feel her. My placenta was at the front. And I just didn't feel her at all. And so I was actually under them quite often. So I was there every week and I had to go in for uh, monitoring um, and all of those kind of things as well. So as I say, the pregnancy actually made me feel in my ME a little bit better, a little bit stronger. But towards the third trimester, I started to struggle with fainting a lot. And it was fainting like every day. Um, mm. different types for sometimes for quite a long time and in the end after sort of the difficulties we had had my obstetrician brought me into hospital and I had to have the steroid injections to try and make sure that that baby's lungs were as strong as possible and she was born via elective c-section although it was elective it was kind of an emergency at the same time so I was always planned to have a c-section that I ended up having to have it at 35 weeks rather than later on. So she was born and she was tiny. She was £4.12, which I don't know. As I say, I don't know if that's the sort of um, measurement she would use in the States, but she was little. Mm-hmm. It was very diddy. And, and it was really strange because in pregnancy, although my physical health was so much stronger than I had been for years, Mentally, I found it really hard. I found it really hard because I was sort of grappling with the idea of what being a mother was to me, what being a parent, what that would look like in sort of my situation. And in chronic illnesses, there's pregnancy is a very grey area. People don't really go there. They don't really talk about it. So I had a lot of guilt as well because I know a lot of my friends, they really wanted have a child and they couldn't um they weren't well enough or for whatever reason and so it was it was like my mental health was really like in the pregnancy was found I really found it tough but the weird thing was as soon as she was born it just went 
just like that. I guess it sounds a bit cliche, but it was like I'd found my purpose. I knew what I was doing. I don't know how, but I just was like, yep, that's that's how it is. And she was, as I say, she came out and she looked like a flipping alien, like a little alien all curled up. And I held her and it was just magic. It was just absolutely incredible. But unfortunately, seven minutes into her having been born, she started to struggle to breathe. And so she was taken off me and the doctors all surrounded her and I couldn't get to her. And then she got taken to neonatal care, basically, mm-hmm. and remained there. They thought she would be there for quite a while, but she actually was such a fighter. She was out within a few days, but that having her being taken and obviously when you're having a C-section, you can't move anyway. But it just brought me back to that position of for so many years, like my condition had control of me, you know, mm-hmm. and it was like, I physically couldn't get to her. And when they shut the doors and she was taken to the neonatal board and I was in theatre, it just felt inhumane almost. Like for me, my heart was breaking that. I was being separated from her. But in all that, I actually, as I say, for me, parenthood was, it felt very natural. So it felt natural even going into the neonatal ward. I think the strange thing with the neonatal ward is that the the machines are so big and the babies are so, so small. As I say, for me, it was just, it was just everything. You know, it, it was all my dreams come true. And for the initial postpartum, were you able to stay with her? Or did they discharge you before her? We left on the same day, but she was discharged in the morning and I wasn't discharged until the evening. So they let us stay together. But basically, we went from a neonatal ward to a transitional ward. So on the neonatal, obviously, I couldn't stay with her. But on the transitional, she got brought into the room. The difficulty I had was... With my disability, I needed quite a lot of help to get up, get to the bathroom or whatever. So the difficulty was they weren't really willing to help me. Like one time they were, I'd asked them to help me get to the bathroom. They didn't want to do that, but they were outside in the corridor and, oh, we're having to do this, blah, 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 like moaning in the, in the corridor. So I could hear it, but I could do nothing about it. And there was just... From the point of view, as I say, I was I was quite lucky because the obstetrician unit that I was part uh, was with on my first pregnancy was amazing, absolutely amazing. But there is this thing that I wheeled into the waiting room, and I just remember looking and thinking, I just don't see myself. Like there's no images of disabled people having babies, you know, and it's like. You know, I was sat there thinking, I just don't know how this is going to happen. And and that kind of went through the whole pregnancy, really, and to, even to when she was born, because they just weren't used to seeing disabled people. You know, they didn't know really how to react necessarily. And I, as I say, my obstetrician was brilliant. And most of the uh, midwives were too, but at times they just didn't really know why I was on medication. One time when I was called in early to go to the hospital, this doctor was then trying to tell me I was wanting my daughter to be born early. Like, no, I wasn't. I was called in. But they were trying to say, you know, you, you've you got to 
pushed through this and all of that type of thing because they didn't understand the condition and they didn't understand that I couldn't just stay in hospital for five weeks. Like that would be detrimental on my whole health. So yeah, so it was sort of a mixed bag really for me. An overall good experience. But when it comes to disability, there are always people who just don't understand or are very quick to judge and that kind of thing. How did, as far as the prenatal care and getting that judgment, did you get that during prenatal care? And how did that go as far as uh, when you had your appointments and was it accessible? Yeah, so the first appointment I had with the midwife, I couldn't really get into the room very easily. The rooms aren't made for wheelchairs. Well, they can have like the manual bog standard wheelchair but they can't really fit like an electric wheelchair which is what I use the first appointment I had the first thing they were trying to tell me that it was going to be really hard for me that you know I I would they were so they said we'll have to contact you know the sort of social workers and make sure and it felt a bit like they were making that judgment that on how I would be as a parent because of my disability Hmm. rather than you know a disabled person can be just as good as a non-disabled person at being a parent. You can have non-disabled parents who are really rubbish, you know. But the fact that they were just sort of making that judgment already felt like shattering, really, because it was like they looked at me, the shell of my body, before actually looking or talking to me, if that makes sense. Like, it was they were making preconceptions already but otherwise my first pregnancy they were actually quite good they were quite good I mean the more difficulties I had and 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 again I think it's so hard because as a disabled person even if you've had like 20% of an experience wasn't very good you're still like yeah that was really good you know because uh-huh. comparatively you're so used to having all these things go on so the actual comments and stuff that I got was all pre-natal. None of it really post-natal with the professionals anyway. They were fine afterwards. But yeah, I would say before there was a lot of sort of anticipation and sort of, and, and people questioning my ability just because I used a wheelchair. So you were able to stay with her once once you were discharged, you were able to go with her until she was discharged as well? Yeah. Yeah, so I was very lucky because actually in my second pregnancy, that didn't happen the same way. It was very different. So yeah, as I say, for the first three days, I went to the neonatal ward and I was on a postnatal ward. So after labor, but I just wasn't with with our daughter. So I'd go and visit Felicity in the neonatal ward like a few times a day and then come back and would be sort of just in the hospital I was still suffering with this feeling faint thing so my blood pressure was was an issue but as I say after three days she then came onto the transitional ward for a day which was basically there's a neonatal nurse who checks up on her but we're looking after her whereas on the neonatal ward, you're not looking after her. The nurses are. Um, so, yeah, so there was basically like a nurse for her and midwives for me for that night. And then we were really lucky because, as I say, we, we got to go home quickly. 
yeah, I think my health, it was a decline quite soon after she was born. Like I could feel it coming, like the condition becoming worse. Um, my pain was within like a few months was getting really bad again. And it was difficult because in a way it felt like I was terrified of going backwards. I was terrified of being more bed bound or not being able to get out when I wanted to. But then I've really enjoyed motherhood. I really enjoyed. And in a way she gave me that, as I say, it's purpose. It was just like, I felt I couldn't think of anything better to be doing. So obviously I had her in 2019, but obviously the pandemic hit in um, January sort of over here, but it didn't, we went into lockdown where we weren't allowed to leave home in March, I think. And in a weird way, I really enjoyed the time with her because I was literally just constantly with her, watching her grow and change, which was really amazing because, as I said, there was no other distractions. You just were stuck on your own. I had a carer coming in once, like once a day type thing, but it was me, my husband and her, and we just had that time together. But it was really weird because, in a way, I became like I was pre-pregnant at sea, um, where I was housebound so it, it was like a weird I was starting to come out into the world and then went back out <laughs> back in uh, behind closed doors but yeah so as I say it was it was sort of a mixed bag <laughs> and coming home was there any changes as far as like um, mobility or adaptation that had to be made once you were home to kind of learn how to do things and and make motherhood easier or things like that so weirdly I didn't really get a lot of support afterwards I had physiotherapy for my back because like I'd as I say my bones are quite weak um, and there was obviously concern that I would have issues after pregnancy as well or after she was born so I had that and I used to do like hydrotherapy to sort of help my body move a bit better because it was it was incredibly painful they thought at first that the epidural they they thought that they had um slightly put it in the wrong place because I had severe pain where it was and so there was sort of therapy with that um as well to try and because they felt like it needed to like my my spine was still painful from it and that it needed to be mobilized a bit better to actually cope with everything but in regards to actually dealing with how, being a mum and the sort of physical things of how to hold her or everything like that I really didn't get a lot of support it was a it was a it was a learning process I used to use like a wrap around so a bit like a papoose but it was more of a fabric one and it enabled me to actually hold her and then be able to move my wheelchair because that's the difficulty you can't I couldn't do a buggy because I couldn't move it and move my wheelchair at the same time so it was like there were loads of things that I hadn't really worked out and it was sort of a learning process once she was here. Do you have any resources or advice for other disabled moms that you would give anything they can look into to help with pregnancy and birth? So I think there's quite a lot of things like online. So I'm in like a Facebook group, which has been really brilliant to actually, it's a disabled mums network or something, I think it's called. 
And it's really good to, to try and find out from others' experiences. And I'm not necessarily saying about the birth, but knowing how to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing when you should be getting help. Because I had the SPD, I think it's called, which is where my joints in my pelvis became too loose and they were moving and it hurt a lot. And it was only because my friend had gone through pregnancy that I knew that I needed to ask for physio. And then I got that and et cetera. So it's learning from other people's experiences. But also I would say like, be sure in yourself because when you are becoming a mum, something changes in you. Like you have like an awareness. So like, for example, I knew that when she wasn't moving, I needed to get help. Like I knew when to go I knew when I was like so trusting that instinct and trusting your thought in the back of your head is always right <laughs> you know and I definitely would say that that's quite a big thing but also I would say like looking at AIDS AIDS are amazing that the stuff that's out there now like I have a 10 month old baby and I've I've got this new thing, which is rather than using the wrap, which I find quite hard to put on myself, this is called a lap baby and it mm. clips on around me and it just Velcros into me. And, mm. and that has been revolutionary. Like it changed everything because then I could have him in my wheelchair, can move my wheelchair, he can look out. And it's things like that that I never knew with uh, my first pregnancy. Like I had no idea that kind of thing existed or getting a cot where it opens up so you don't have to go over the top. I mean, I don't have room for it in my place at the moment, but that I wish I could have one of those. Like, So there are sort of things you can do to make it easier for yourself um, because pregnancy or being a mum is quite hard to adjust to. It's hard for normal um, people. When I say normal, I mean non-disabled people. It's hard for them too. But... It's, yeah, it's something you can adapt to. So believe in yourself. And where can people connect with you if they want to, you know, chat or? So I've, I've actually written books on my condition and my third book, which literally came out uh, a few weeks ago, is actually about my journey of becoming a chronically ill mum a disabled mum so you can find me on instagram at jaylatay j-a-y-l-e-t-a-y the same on um twitter or x whatever you're gonna call it and then um on facebook i'm the world of one room because i spent literally 12 years in one room so it's about that time and my book is called a girl beyond closed doors and it is literally goes from being housebound to all the way through pregnancy to my daughter turning one and sort of what it was like to sort of go on that journey. That's great. Thank you for telling this story and uh, we'll have your second story as well coming up. So but thank you for coming on. appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening and feel free to email me if you have any questions or would like to be featured on the podcast at disabledbirthstories at gmail.com.